Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Terry Reed, a director of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. And I'm Ed Salswell, a director at SABSA, that is S-A-B-B-S-A, filling in for Scott Lane. When you go to our website, you can click on the link to our newsletters. You can also call 210-599-7240 to request having the newsletters emailed to you. Our website also has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter. Also, go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com, that is whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at the current day issues from a biblical perspective. We have a special guest back with us today. He is Jay Siegert with the Creation Education Center. Jay, last week you told us about yourself and what you were doing at Creation Education Center and why you are doing what you are doing at the Creation Education Center. Could you talk to our audience about some things that you think they should know about this creation evolution controversy? Sure. I, one of the most important things to know uh, has to do with the fact that facts don't speak for themselves. Uh, they all have to be interpreted to give them any kind of meaning. Uh, and the way we interpret facts is by using our current or existing views, our worldviews. So it's not just about finding facts for something because the facts are kind of generic. All the scientists have the exact same facts. They're living on the same planet. They're looking at the same dirt and the same DNA, but they're interpreting them differently, not based on the facts, but based on, again, what they believe to begin with. So we can never necessarily just throw certain facts out there and have someone say, oh, I didn't know that. I guess you're right. Can I come to church and believe, you know, worship Jesus with you? They're going to probably look at the facts you're throwing out there and want to interpret them differently to be consistent with what they already believe. So right. uh, there, there are no silver bullets that we can just pull the one fact out there, and then, boy, that just stops everybody in their tracks. However, we can use facts um, as evidence in a very powerful way to say, hey, this is what I believe, and here's some facts or some evidence that I think are most naturally interpreted to fit with this view, and there's, there's strong reasons why you should con- consider the validity of this particular view in this point, you know, we're talking about creation here. So we can certainly talk about DNA today because there are some phenomenal things about DNA that only make sense in the light of there being a designer or a creator versus just is just what particles do when they smash together. Yeah, yeah, I, I think DNA, the, the way I understand it, it's basically the, the DNA is just the instructions. Uh, you have the DNA to make Jay Siegert, I have the DNA you know, to make Terry Reed, and, and Ed has DNA, that, which are the instructions to make Ed. I found that the instructions in the DNA are so specific that basically it makes our computer programs and programming that we've had and developed, up even up to now, look like it's, you know, child's play or some of the really, really early stuff that we basically had what was it, way back in the 50s and 60s when they were really looking at doing some computer programming using punch cards and all that stuff. But this is so sophisticated, from my understanding, that you can read it coming and going depending upon what it is that you're looking for information-wise. Sure, it's 
it is phenomenal. What's interesting, though, is Dr. Francis Crick, the co-discoverer of the DNA molecule, is a brilliant, brilliant scientist. Initially, he said, well, that's just an, it's a kind of an accident or something that nature does along the way. It's not designed. Um, but later, he came to the belief, you know, it must have been designed. There's no way that nature just does this on its own. Mm. However, he said, well, it's not the God of the Bible. There must be aliens out there. So <laughs> aliens designed it. So he could Anything recognize the evidence best fitting the idea of design, but because he was an atheist, he said, well, it couldn't have been God because God doesn't exist, so there must be aliens out there. So that just kind of tells you how people will want to interpret facts. Yeah. But what what we've discovered you know, relatively recently is not just that there's information on the DNA, but it's how it's structured just goes well, well beyond anything that we can even imagine. In English, when you're reading a book, you read from left to right. But what we've discovered about our DNA is that much of it can not only be read uh, left to right, but it could also be read backwards, right to left. And an analogy that I give in one of my talks, I use the phrase, was it a rat I saw? And if you spell that out, you realize you can read that backwards, and it still spells, was it a rat I saw? Hmm. It's called a palindrome. Kind of, kind of fun, not very useful. There's not a lot of great information there, but you can read it forwards and backwards. But our DNA is much more complex than that because we don't see the same message going back and forth. We see something more like, uh, if you take the word desserts, if you flip that around, it spells stressed. And so you've got two different messages going back and forth, but it's more complex with the DNA because we don't see little words that flip back and forth. We see up to entire chapters of instructions right. that can be read both forwards and backwards. And the analogy I use is, let's say you had a job working in a cell phone factory, and it's your training and your job to write the instruction manual to give to the manufacturing plant so they can make these phones. And your boss comes to you one day and says, I have a project here. I need you to write the chapters in the manual that explains how the phone is going to download apps from the web. And you say, sure, I can do that. And he goes, well, wait a minute, I forgot one minor detail. When you write that chapter, you have to write it in such a way that if we read it backwards, it will explain how the phone's going to play music files. <laughs> and you'd be looking, you'd be looking at him, thinking, "Well, you're, you're just kidding, right?" And he said, "No, you know, we've only got so much room in the manual. You have to do that." Well, that's wow. humanly impossible. You can't even program a computer to do that. I did computer programming for 18 years. It cannot be done. But that's what we see in our DNA. We read one direction. There's a complex set of instructions to make certain proteins that carry out functions in your body. You read it backwards. It makes completely different proteins that carry out a completely different function. And two points about that. Number one, you know, random you know, actions of nature are not going to create an elaborate data system, an information system like that. And number two, when you copy that over time and you make random changes to it, which basically what mutations are, you're not going to improve it. In fact, every time you make a random change, you're not only messing up the message going one direction, you're also messing up the message going the other direction. So one, one random change messes up or destroys two messages. And it gets more and more complex. We've got not only forwards and backwards messages, but we have overlapping messages and spliced and embedded and encrypted in 3D and goes on and on. <laughs> so even if by some strange quirk there was some kind of advantage gained in the message that was read one way, it'd be highly unlikely that there'd be any advantage gained in the message that would be read the other way. Yeah, try to envision 
improvement, a random change, making an improvement in one little piece of information, and theoretically you could come up with some example. But how do you do that and then also improve the message going the other way or not destroy it? And then when you consider that you're making many, many, many of these changes over the years, there's no way that they're going to accumulate and get better and better. In fact, the information is going to be destroyed thousands or millions of times faster than it's going to ever potentially improve. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Ed Salzwell, guest hosting for Scott Lane with Terry Reed. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. We are here today with guest Jay Siegert from the Creation Education Center. Uh, yeah, Jay, that's that's one of the things that I always try to emphasize, that um, that DNA is a set of instructions, and as you pointed out, it's an extremely complex set of instructions beyond what I think most of us even comprehend or are aware of. And a genetic mutation, which according to the Darwinist is how genetic information is added, a genetic mutation is nothing more than a copying error in the instructions. And, and I always give the example, um, it'd be like starting out with a bottle rocket, the instructions to make a bottle rocket, and, and saying, well, if I make enough errors in these instructions over time, I'll end up with the instructions to make a Saturn V rocket. You know, it just, it just really doesn't make sense. Yeah, the... The mutations are, for the most part, random copying errors. There sometimes we seem to see changes that seem pre-programmed, designed in that these changes are triggered by the environment, which can only be explained by something that was designed to do that in response to the environment, which is even more complex. But another problem is even if some random change somewhere somehow could be construed as somewhat beneficial and just the slightest amount of new information somehow, and it's just sitting there. It's pretty much useless in and of itself sitting there. It would have to wait for some other random change that happened to also add some new information that could be related to it, and even the two together probably don't do a whole lot. You'd have to get another one and another one, and it's called the, the waiting time problem, and they've done they've done simulations on how long would it be before another change came along that might even be related, even though the two of, of themselves couldn't do a whole lot. And it's, it's, it just blows away even an evolutionary time frame. All the millions of years they talk about, it's just not possible. And then the other issue is even if you somehow got some random new piece of information by a mutation, if it was sitting there, over time it itself can back mutate, it can experience a mutation and get destroyed itself. These things are never going to accumulate to add the volumes and volumes and volumes of new information that have to be produced to go from a single-celled organism all the way to a human being. So change errors in the DNA basically cause some severe problems, and most of them are not good. I get the impression like about 99.999% are no longer good. So, Jay, we thank you so much for sharing what you've done with our audience. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets 
meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.